When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to a a slightly black morning. It might be sunny outside, but it it doesn't feel like that to a lot of Newcastle United fans today after a sixth straight derby defeat. I I can't believe we're quite saying those words after the way things went for the first 44 minutes at the Stadium of Light. My name's Mark Douglas, I'm the Newcastle United editor. I've got Lee Ryder here, the chief sports writer. I've got Chris Woff here and I've got Andrew Fowler here. And we're going to pick through the bones of another... Black Sunday, which has turned into a Blue Monday, Lee. Um, tell us, I mean, what what happened yesterday? Have you have you have you managed to kind of come to terms with what happened yet? It, was, <laughs> it seems very strange that, that we're talk, sitting here talking about a three 0 defeat when the team actually played quite well. Well, I, th- I think what what happened, obviously, Newcastle started the game really well, created lots of chances, um, were in full control. Sadly, they couldn't take any chances, um, but then. Um, the referee, Mr. Madley, decided to take centre stage um, and produce the red card. So I thought it was. It's a grey area, shoulder mm. barging. Um, and if it had happened anywhere else on the pitch, it might not have even been a foul, mm. basically. So I, I was. I was kind of in two minds. I thought Colaccini shouldn't have put himself in that position. Yeah. Absolutely. But once you've looked back on it a few times, I think Madley's, you know, I know I heard a lot of Newcastle fans saying we've been done off the referee, and I can totally understand that. So, you know, the game was going fine for Newcastle, and then the turning point was the red card, and then after that, really, you're up against it. Even though Newcastle made a reasonable account of themselves with 10 men, you know, Sunderland, Sunderland had Newcastle exactly where they wanted to, and a manager like Sam Allardyce is always going to wear. Uh, Relish an opportunity like that. Do you think it probably was a penalty then, like, or you, or you think it maybe? Because I think of the game, you were saying you thought possibly Colaccini well, might have been the one to, to take the blame rather than referee. Yeah, well, I, I think he put himself in the awkward position. Yeah. So was it a penalty? You've probably got to say yes. But if you say it's a penalty and he's denying a, a goal scoring opportunity, then you've, he has to send him off. You yeah. can't. I've seen Graham Paul saying, "Oh, I would have given a yellow card." Well, that's not how I understand. Yeah. The, the laws of the game so 
Yeah. Difficult one. Difficult one. Chris, um, obviously we know the moment that the game the game uh, turned on. Do you feel for 44 minutes that was as good as Newcastle have played in an away game for a long time? Yeah, and I, uh, I would agree with that. And I think that for it's the best I've played in any of the six derbies I've lost. I, I think it could be levelled at them for the last five, particularly the one in April that Newcastle simply didn't turn up. I don't think that was the case yesterday. I think that they didn't get the rub of the green. Mm. You can argue the red card and the penalty, but I also think it was just one of those days where they did. They had so many chances, but I think they could have played until five o'clock and they wouldn't have scored. It just yeah. seemed to be one of those days. But they moved the ball so well. They weren't complete control of the game. Suddenly, it only registered one shot by the time they had the penalty, and that was for, that wasn't a very good shot at all. And then they moved the ball around well. I thought Wijnaldum looked very good again. Mitrovic put himself about, probably should have scored, and I think that's a criticism that could be levelled at him. But Absolutely, yeah. Forget about that, don't we? The, the, uh, that would have been, with 10 men, Newcastle could have gone one all. And I think the game probably then would have, would have taken a very different shape. It was um, interesting with Clarence uh, uh, in his post-game quotes. I think he said, even at 2-0, he still, he still fancied yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, that's, he Not must, sure I did it too. He must have been seeing <laughs> something there that, that I, I didn't, because I, I thought Newcastle were, were gone by by that point, yeah, yeah, and the third goal was almost inevitable. Yeah, Andy, you were in the office. Um, there seems a different mood about the place today than there was the day after the, the defeat in April, when yeah. it did feel as if Newcastle fans were kind of fed up of this kind of underachievement. I think, yeah, it has, and I think, that, like the lads have said, I think the performance sort of belied the result a little bit, and, and, and actually they weren't as bad. The problem has been and, and will continue to be. If they don't take the chances, they're going to get punished. Mm. And I think that was one of the things where actually I think people are looking. You mentioned Mitrovic. You go to one all there; it's a totally different game. Even the Man City game before you get sucker punched before you know the, the before half time, and that's what kills it. But a lot of fans do seem to be saying, you know, this isn't bad. It's this kind of strange feeling at the moment where actually they've lost the derby three 0 but actually fans are coming away. Or some fans are coming away and saying that wasn't that. Bad. Mm. Weirdly enough, and yet actually 3 0, they've gone below Sunderland in the table. Well, they've stayed second bottom, Sunderland have leapfrogged them. But it wasn't that bad. But the problem was, we said early on in the game, Newcastle have to take their chances because if they don't, if they get sucker punched, that's it, second half, <coughs> and everyone just went, ah, it's that total deflation. Mm. I think, I think the, my, my, my sort of slight worry about Newcastle this season is, is just that the moments when they need to concentrate, you know, they, they didn't score the goal. If they'd have scored the goal, I think, in that first half, they probably, would have, they probably would have gone on to win the game. They didn't. It got edgy. The ball gets played through. Colachin just makes the wrong decision. And, and that's what's frustrating if you're from a Newcastle United perspective is like that has happened far too many times this season because there's been a few times where the game's sort of changed a little bit are we asking questions about Colaccini's captaincy, Lee? I mean, is that a bit too over the top? Well, it's not the first time he's been sent off for doing something no. stupid. Um, he did last season at Everton, of course, which you know effectively had a knock-on effect. He couldn't play in the derby. Yes, of course. last time, um, mm. and you know he'd been sent off at Liverpool. I've seen him lose his head in pre-season games yeah. in Portugal, and I don't know. He has got this kind of switch where yeah. he just goes and makes a you know. The blood rushes to his head or whatever, and I, I thought yesterday was a, a little bit like that, you know. Even stand back and let him score if you have to to keep yeah. the men on the pitch, um, and that's that's where you know possibly 
you know, he let himself down. But yeah. still, I still think it was. I still think it was harsh, though. It was funny because there was a little whisper in the press room beforehand from from a journalist who will remain unnamed, saying because we were talking about like, how the game was going to go, and he sort of said, "Oh well, you know, I've been talking to people, and and Colaccini doesn't 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 really like the derby and stuff." And I was kind of like, "Well." Not entirely sure that it, that it's, he doesn't like it. I think any game he probably knows the importance of it a bit, mm. bit too much. Um, but it was just a daft, daft decision. I think you're right. The, the problem is for the mo- at the moment the results that Newcastle have been or the times where they've needed to knuckle down, they've gone totally, totally missing. You know, and bad decisions have had knock-on effects. Mm. Mentioned Man City. I'm not saying they wouldn't have lost that, but the one nil up. I think one nil up going into half time. Sucker punch, one all. That totally changes the. You know, you go into the the derby, you nil nil at half time. You've thought, do you know what? We're on the front foot here. Great. Allardyce gives a different press, um, different uh, half time talk. McLaren gives another half time talk. You go in, then one nil down. You know, literally for thirty seconds, you've got to keep your head. And I think that's the problem because now, mm. I know we know they've appealed. They're, they're, they're appealing the red card, but these next games are massive mm. you've not got your ca- potentially you've not got your captain there for yeah. the next three games I was going to say Chris this, this is this is a question we've, we've got we got an email through this morning McLaren's now favourite next favourite for the chop is, is that is that ridiculous given what's happened over the, over the last two games is, is it ridiculous to I mean is it a bad bet for a start and is it ridiculous to be talking about McLaren going after what happened on Sunday Personally, I think it's, yeah, it's a bad bet. I can't see. I think the next two games are very, very big. I think there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And I think they need at least four, probably six points from them. The way Bournemouth are playing. It's a big, big ask that, though. And Newcastle I know it is. There's, there's no, there's no guarantee that. that they're going to do that. But I do think that they do need points from them. I don't think McLaren's under any immediate pressure in terms of for his job. Uh, I think that the the win against Norwich, it was basically the complete opposite of Sunday. They had mm. basically seven or eight chances and scored six of them. Suddenly yeah. they had load chances and couldn't score. I think there was enough on on Sunday to suggest that that, that they have uh, the quality of players to get them out of this league. They created chances. They just need to make sure they take them. Um, I don't think. I think McLaren. One thing that I, I'm, I think fans will be a little sick of hearing now is that he keeps saying, "Oh, put good forty-five minutes in there, good forty-five minutes." There. At the end of the day, you, the uh, fans would rather sit there and say, "We didn't play particularly well today. We got all three points." Yeah. And he, he, he gives this about Arsenal or oh, we're down to 10 men for so long and you probably say this about Sunderland but the discipline at Newcastle still hasn't been sorted regardless of whether it was a red card yesterday or not they're still con- they're still getting red cards they've had the most since the start of last season of mm-hmm. any team in the Premier League and that's where it does concern me about McLaren is I don't think he's got a hold of, of, the, of the discipline within the club yet on the on the field and until that's sorted there will remain question marks but I don't think his position's under, no. under any immediate threat at all Uh I suppose go back to this Derby run, Lee, and 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 you know I, I feel I feel bad really asking you because I know I know I know it probably hurts hurts you of the the writers here more more than anybody as a, as a Newcastle United uh, man. When are Newcastle going to snap out of this run? Because mm. I mean they've given Sunderland every kind of win that they could possibly get. They seem to have some of the defeats they've had have been you know been self inflicted. But yesterday, I mean, well. It's- Whenever the fixtures come out, I always prefer the, the the derby to be at St James Park first, so you can kind of like get ahead a bit. I mean, yeah. I know we lost last year yeah. when Adam Johnson. This is Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. 
It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Scored in the last minute, but I think that day it was a much better performance as well. Yeah. So, so really they have lost the last six. But two of the last three, they've played better mm. than you know some of them. I mean, the one in April was was a disgrace. But but you know, I I think it's it's coming. Sunderland, they, they can't go on winning them. I mean, you know, the fans are they'll take every opportunity now to to poke fun at, at Newcastle and on Twitter and yeah. you know I think even the even the Sunderland uh, press lads yesterday got a few little you know digs in which I didn't rise to because I'm, <laughs> because I'm much bigger than that. Um, but you know, and he, you know, even the staff around the club, you know, they love it. They love beating Newcastle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was having a conversation with a, a, a good friend of mine in the pub last night after, after the game, and um, you know, he was saying that you know they hate us more than we hate them, basically. And, yeah. and I can see where he's coming from with that. I think when the derby at St James's Park was always like there was a Mickey taken kind of feel against it, you know, with Sunderland. Um, but the one where you go to the stadium light, it's like it's pure hostility and pure, you know, nastiness in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the reasons for that is because you know, in, in my lifetime, I mean, Chris is a bit, bit younger than me, so, and Andy as well. But I, I think you know, when Newcastle first burst onto the scene and they got in the Premier League under Keegan, you know, Sunderland had to sit and watch that from the division below, and you know. You know Newcastle flourished as a as a city. Um, you know we we became you know proper you know it's a stag dude Decent, destination. Yeah. It's, people want to come and visit the city, and I think there's a bit there is a lot of envy from Sunderland fans because of that. You know they'll they'll deny it, of course they are, because that's going to be their coping mechanism. But I think you know that's why <laughs> that's why the you know the the controversy surrounds this this derby um, and that's why they're loving it you know I mean they're loving winning six in a row and, and fair play at them because that's why you support your team so yeah. so as, you know as far as I'm concerned patience is a virtue isn't it and <laughs> you know when it comes to March you know I, I personally think Newcastle's going to get out of this mess mm. but I'm not sure they will mm. and I think that March game you know it could it could push them somewhere they don't want to be they'll have to get better because because they were I mean they 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 were poor I, I think Newcastle have to get better as well to be to be perfectly honest I do think both teams will get out of it but I'm kind of not convinced that 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 Newcastle um that Newcastle aren't the better team one to 11 and, and that'll get me you know the same amount of stick I'm sure that that, that Lee's used to as well I mean god uh, social media was like wild west last night um <laughs> what did you go on I didn't uh... I, 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 yeah <laughs> I, I instantly regretted it I don't think you I don't think you're able to to, to give a, a sensible opinion on it but um, I think I think the, the derby is uh, you know it's got this potential to kind of transform things um Andy and uh, mm. you know we're looking now at at a a big game against Stoke. It, it, Newcastle have to go out and, and really uh, and really set 
set themselves uh, set their stall out in that game because you know yeah. it could be flat. It'll be flat from the start again. Well, I that's think. I think the problem. I've spoken to a lot of and I've been answering sort of people's letters and tweets and everything. And the the big thing we've been talking about is discipline and whether certain players should play. And and, and the problem is at the moment, like Chris said, discipline is a massive problem. The defence is a massive problem. Ironically enough, do you know what they need to go out and actually take the chances against her because again if they come out first 20 minutes if they can get ahead or if they can keep it tight and then get ahead anyway whatever time in the first half I think that'll be a good thing for them the worry will be when those nerves start getting you know 30 40 minutes in or if they then go one nil down that's the problem and the thing is you just feel at the moment with Newcastle if one goes in it could be two three four whoever they're playing mm. we saw you know Norwich they knocked them for six and still conceded two you know they are prone to conceding the Stoke game's massive, as Chris said. To get six points from those two games is going to be tough because we've we've seen it. But they need to start well. They need to all week has got it's got to be about defence, and then it's got to be about taking the chances because you know this is a big game for Mitrovic. It's a big game for Perez. It's a big game for Wijnaldum. We've got an attacking midfielder here who's scoring the goals. Yeah, know. I thought Vinod had played really well yesterday. Actually. I think he was. I think he was. I think of the Newcastle players. He, I mean, yeah. we're asking our fans, and they seem to have probably rated him as yeah. the, the man of the match. This guy can't do. It. He looks like a proper player. I think everyone would would agree, but he can't do it on his own. Yeah, you've been worried, Chris. That like, I mean, for all the forty-four minutes of domination, I don't think I, I never feel like Newcastle were going to score imminently. Whereas some of the teams that have come to Newcastle and played against them, you felt. They're going to score here, and last weekend you thought Newcastle going to score with every chance they've got here. Yeah. This seems to be an away away day thing. Yeah, I mean the the away goal record is, is shocking. They've only scored once all season away, mm-hmm. and that was during the six one at Man City. They've I think it's they've scored one in the last uh, two in the last thirteen away from or something like that. But I'd slightly disagree with yesterday. I thought that. They weren't necessarily what you call clear-cut chances, but I'd say if you have that many of those sort of chances in a game, you'd expect to take at least one or two of them. Mm. Um, and I think that's what that was what the frustration was. They should definitely have, have taken at least one of those chances in the first 40 minutes. Uh, Colback had a couple of chances. Mitrovic had, had one or two chances. Uh, Wijnaldum had a chance. Um, it, there weren't clear-cut chances. There weren't like the week before, but at the end of the day, in a Premier League game, if you're going to have 21 shots, at least 10 of them were... From decent range, you've got to you've got to score one of them. Yeah. That would that would have been more of the concern for me rather than creating them. I just think that the finishing wasn't there yesterday. Yeah, um, Lee, I'll go. I'll come to you. We'll, we'll wrap it up shortly. I'm sure we'll be we back discussing the Stoke game late, later in the week. But um, if Colaccini's not uh, available on mm. Saturday, do, do you do you go with Dummett in the centre? I, I personally, that would be my choice because and and I know for a fact that Newcastle long term are looking to create a centre-half out of Paul Dummett and, yeah. and I know that's where he wants to play eventually he'll play left-back for now because he's, he's obviously still young but he's their best left-back uh, yeah but uh, that that would be my decision if I, I would keep him Bembroom I'd have um, Dummett in the middle and I'd bring you know Hidara in at, at left-back because yeah. I think uh, he, he, you know, he's, he can do a job there as well so Lascelles I wasn't impressed with at all no. I, I'm not I'm not sure he gets Get it. I know he's only 21, but I, I do I do wonder if he's he got the hunger to do well at a club like Newcastle. And uh, you know, I hope I hope he proves me wrong. But I haven't been impressed with with what I've seen in the last sort of few runouts. And um, that, you that, watched that the derbies. Are you watched the end of 21s as well? Yeah, and that that worries me a, a little bit. And Williamson, <laughs> um, I just think. But, 
yeah. he's ran his race for Newcastle now yeah. and like I think there's been times where he's, he's he's raised his game and he's done well but I think he's had so much criticism that he's so vulnerable in terms of if he makes a mistake he thinks the world's going to be against him and and I think that's that's difficult to uh, throw someone out. Again, I hope he proves us wrong. I hope, you know, maybe he'll come in against Stoke and, and have a blinder and that'd be great. That's the attitude you want. You want to see players proving you wrong. Um, but, you know, you asked me the question, what what would I do in that situation? I would put Paul Dummett there because yeah. he's the most reliable. We'll finish up. Reasons for optimism because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, long faces here. We'll start, we'll go Chris, Andy and then Lee. Uh, right, quick reason for optimism, Chris. Uh, that Newcastle definitely have shown enough in the last few games to show that they're, they're an attacking force. Uh, I think that it was just a one of those games against Sunderland yesterday where chances just weren't going in, but I think they will put enough away between now and Christmas to start to pull themselves out of that bottom three. Andy? Uh, similar, the creating chances. That's been the big thing in the last couple of games. They are creating them. They're not taking them at the moment, but you'd be more worried if your players aren't getting into the right areas. And actually, although we've talked about signings, when Yaldum looks like a proper, he's he's really starting to mm. to come into his own, and he, he is he is a real player. Mm. Well, I was actually he took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, Gini Wijnaldum, basically, because yeah. I think, you know, even if Colchini suspended, I think I would give Wijnaldum the captain's armband. Really, he's done, he's done the job at yeah. PSV, um, and you know, just talking to him, and I've I've been lucky enough to to get to know him a little bit since he signed, and and he speaks so much sense, and he genuinely. Uh, he, he cares for the for the cause, and I think he's enjoying being here. And I think that he's just going to go from strength to strength. And he loves playing at St James's Park. We've seen what he can do against Norwich, yeah. and uh, I think he's going to get a lot more goals. I mean, I, th- I think he's going to be 15, 15 plus goals this season. And uh, I think Lee Clark made a good point the other day. Is he's worried that we're going to hold on to him? That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I think for me, uh, it's turned into a negative. For yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because I, 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 I can't say Van Alden because you two have both said it. I'm going to say Ayosi uh, Perez, who I don't think it was brilliant yesterday, but um, but I do like Perez and Mitrovic as a partnership. And they were a little bit quiet yesterday, but I don't think they'll be quiet against many Premier League teams. So let's hope so. We haven't even talked about Bobby Madeley's all-round game. <laughs> Which I don't think was brilliant with uh, not booking Catamol and what have you, but uh, let's uh, let, let's let's go on and let's let's look forward, and hopefully we've given you a few reasons to smile on uh, what I think Lee said this morning is a bit of a blue Monday for uh, Newcastle fans. This is Acast recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.